of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Are these three verses a blessing to you tonight? Can I hear an amen? I can tell, Brother Bill, as I'm reading these verses, that they're sinking down into our hearts. That's what the Word of God ought to do. Now I want you to keep your finger there because we're going to spend most of our time there. But I want you to catch one verse in Song of Solomon, chapter number 2, and in verse number 14. Song of Solomon is just a little ways past Psalms in your Bible. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and in verse number 14. O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance, let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Let us pray. Father, we're so thankful tonight to be once again in the house of the Lord. God, you have met with us. God, you have blessed us. God, you have helped us tonight in a great way. Now, fathers, I come to you. I realize without you we can do nothing. I pray you'll pull our attention here for just a little while to the Word of God. And Lord, all that's accomplished will give you the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Back in Psalm 37 tonight, these verses blessed our hearts. We could go home now having just read these few verses and be blessed by the power of the Bible. I want you to look just a minute with me at these three verses and look specifically at verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many of you are familiar with that? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Brother Bill, here's how we would normally interpret that. Steps going onward. Or steps going directional. In other words, if God says turn right, you better turn right. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If the Lord says turn left, well you better turn left. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's a great interpretation of this verse. But some time ago I was studying the words in the Word and I found, Brother Joe, that steps not only mean direction, right, left, onward, but these steps actually mean this. 
not just onward, but upward. You see, steps in Psalm 37, 23 is like a staircase. You see, God has ordered a staircase just for you. He wants you to go onward, but He wants you to go upward. You know what stairs do? They make the unaccessible accessible. Where I used to pastor years ago, my office was in the basement, and I'd come out of my office going into the service upstairs. Always I had to climb 17 steps to get to the auditorium. I remember one Sunday making that run, coming to the bottom of those steps, and the Holy Ghost stopped me right there and said, What if you had no steps? What if you had nothing but a hole and you were looking at the people upstairs? Well, you see, I'd have no access. There'd be no way I could get from the basement level to the top level. You know what I'm afraid of tonight in our churches? People have grown content to live in the basement of the Christian life. It's time we get away from the cobwebs, the dampness, the mildew. It's time we take the stairs and come out of the basement and go to the level that God has for our lives. A little while tonight, I want to preach something. We don't like to hear the doctor say it, and you might not like to hear the preacher say it, but I'm preaching tonight on take the stairs. It's time we get out of the basement. It's time we bump another level. It's time that God's people become all that God would have them be. Now, I'm not a builder by any means, but I do know this about a staircase. There's no such thing as a generic staircase. You can't go to Lowe's Hardware and say, I need a staircase. Can't do that. The stairs have got to be built to the need of the building. You see, each step is important. Those 17 steps, all those steps were important. That word ordered is architected. You see, the architect designs those steps to get you from one level to another. Imagine that church I was at had we had 16 steps. Well, I'd have did pretty good until I got to the top. Then I would have struggled because I'm missing a step. What if there would have been 18 instead of 17? I did okay till I got to the top. Then I would have overshot where I was going. Well, friend, God has a special staircase with the right number of steps to take you to the place where you can be everything you ought to be. I don't want to just be a pew-warming, apathetic Baptist. I want to be one that mounts up 
and takes the stairs. God has somewhere for us to go. God has another level for us all to go. How many of you interested now in taking the stairs? They're yours. They got your name on it. God knows how far He wants to take you. God knows how high He wants to take you. And tonight for a little bit, I want to show you from the Bible. 100% guaranteed what will happen to you if you take the stairs. You say, preacher, something's going to happen to me. Yes, it is. If you take the stairs, goodbye cobwebs, goodbye mildew, goodbye basement, I'm moving up, I'm going up, I'm going on, I'm going to take the stairs that God architected just for me, that God ordered just for me. Well, let's let the Bible give us the guarantee. Back in verse 23, are you still with me? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many of you say that sentence looks a little different now? I'm not just going right and left. I'm not just going onward, but I'm going upward. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. I don't want to miss one step, Brother Joe, in this progression that God has for my life. Everything that God has for me is unaccessible if I don't take the stairs. I'm going to take the stairs. If no one joins me, I'm still going. If nobody likes me, I'm still going. If you're waiting for people to get on board with you, if you're waiting for people to cheer you on, you'll be waiting a mighty long time. Like the song writer said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No looking back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. I'm going to take the stairs for the glory of God. Back in verse 23, trying to get to some preaching, but y'all won't let me. Got to blame it on somebody. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Oh, that blesses me. Now look at what happens. First thing that happens, and he delighteth in his way. You know what you'll find if you tell the mildew and cobwebs goodbye and say, I'm getting out of this basement level, I'm going to take the stairs. The Bible said he delighteth in his way, you'll find the very happiness of God. You know, it's really sad when you go to church and the most miserable people on earth are people at the house of God. Zach, I'm afraid to say a lot of Jack Daniel drinkers tonight are happier than people at church. There's something wrong with that, friend. 
I said, there's something wrong with that. I took the stairs a long time ago. That's why I don't need no pity. I don't need no sympathy. I don't need nobody feeling sorry for me because I'm happy in this journey and God has made me shout and praise His holy name. You know, we have good services here at Mount Vernon, but it's not like that everywhere. It's like God has died. People have lost their hope. My, we just need to get away from the basement. Let's take the stairs. Get the happiness of God back in our hearts one more time. I'm a country boy. I grew up in the country. If one of you fellas down there could grab me a songbook, I thought there'd be one up here, but that's a Bible. I just need a songbook. Thank you, Brother TJ. When I was a boy growing up, we did something every Saturday night that most country people know something about. We watched a show on television called Hee Haw. I knew I was preaching to country people. Hallelujah. Even the fellows in the crow's nest are getting excited. Well, I remember, you know, it was clean comedy as far as I know. Best I remember. But every Saturday night they did different things. But every Saturday night they did something the same every Saturday night. They had an old quartet came out on stage dressed in bib overalls. Roy Clark, Grandpa Jones, Buck Owens, you know, that bunch. And they'd sing this song. And here's how it goes. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Well, I grew up in church, and I heard that every Saturday night. I remember one Sunday going to church and looking through the songbook to see if I could find it. I said, if there's any song ought to be in the hymn book, it ought to be in there. Because that's the way most Baptists look when they come to the house of God. I'm here to tell you, friends, it's not gloom to me. It's not despair to me. I'm a child of God, and I'm so thankful to be here tonight. <laughs> Whoop, can you say he home? Glory to God. I'm glad I'm not preaching in New York. I wouldn't got a peep out of nobody. When I preach in New York, I've decided I'm going to start taking an interpreter. They can't understand what I'm saying. But I like folks like you. Me and Miss Juanita was in a state, not North Carolina, and I was preaching on a Sunday morning. And it was one of them Sundays, Joe, where... Man, it was bad. I mean, it was Catholic bad. It was Presbyterian Lutheran bad. It was dead Baptist bad. I'm telling you, it was bad. I was preaching my heart out. 
My tongue was hitting the floor. I was giving it all I had. Couldn't get a peep. Couldn't get an amen. Finally, one deacon asleep in the back woke up and yawned. And I thought we had a touch of revival. You know you're in a dead church when a yawning deacon brings you a little encouragement while you're preaching. Well, I was a preaching and my wife was sitting out there about four rows back and I was about to get fed up. You preachers ain't never been like that. And I happened to glance around, Brother Bill, and they had an attendance board. I'm not against the attendance board. It was like yours, except at the bottom. Your bottom says 50 people studied their lesson. Well, the bottom of their board said contacts. That means how many people they witnessed to, how many people they reached out to to try to get in church. I'm not against none of this. But guess what was there beside contacts? A big old whopping zero. Wouldn't you have just left it empty? I mean, really, why put a zero? And my eyes hit that zero. My wife read my mind. She's sitting back there. She knew I was fed up. I saw that zero. I pulled it down in low range and dropped the plow that much deeper. Well, I give it all I had. Nobody moved. Nobody came to the altar. Nobody said good preaching, buddy. It was graveyard dead. And you know, when I left that morning, I could only think of one thing worse than this, is I got to come back tonight. Oh, my. My wife and I went to eat, and we were sitting there in a restaurant. I'm talking about fried chicken, cathead biscuits, Mashed potato and gravy. If you know what hee-haw is, you know what that is. Well, we're enjoying a good meal. And this young black man came up to my table. He looked like he stepped out of a catalog. He was dressed to the T. Looked a lot like Tony White. Amen. And he came up to my table and he looked at us. I didn't know what he wanted. He said, sir, are you a preacher? I said, I sure am, buddy. He said, and then tears started coming down those black cheeks. And he said, I believe God's calling me to preach. Can you help me? I said, oh, yes, I can help you. We dropped down right between the cathead biscuits and the fried chicken and called on the Lord. Now, some of y'all wouldn't have done that. That's why God sent me instead of you. I could feel the waitresses going by and smell the food as we were praying. And that young black man accepted the call to preach. He got up. Man, I didn't realize how tall he was. He was taller than Bill. You know, Bill, it was like Jordan's River when they baptized him. It took all the men of the church... And then the water stood up like in heap. Say amen. Well, this boy was as tall or taller than Bill. And I told Juanita, I said, watch this. I said, buddy, have you got church tonight? He said, no, we don't have Sunday night. I said, I'm in town. Won't you come be my guest? 
Well, I'm telling you about service time. Juanita said, there he comes. A little Honda Civic. It was sitting right on the ground. Had neon lights. And he rolled in there. I said, this is going to be interesting. And he came in that dead church. Now, Juanita's four foot ten. I'm six foot one. He's at least seven foot tall. I said, I want you to sit with us. So there's Juanita. There's me. And there's our black friend. Well, he just sat there, listened to the singing. And he didn't do much. He just sat there listening. And then they called me up to preach. I started preaching like I am right now, a hundred miles an hour. I'm telling you, no amens. Nothing going on. All at once, I heard something humming. And I thought, is that the air condition kicked on? But it wasn't the air condition. It was my buddy. And buddy, he done started humming. How many of you know when you get a black man start humming? Up that business is picking up. Some of y'all getting nervous just me talking about this. Well, that old boy got to humming. Next thing I know, he got to shouting. Up the next thing I know, he's up in the pew with his feet. He's a jumping up and down like a trampoline. He's a praising God. And I thought, they're going to take him out of here. But I said, if they run him off, I'm going with him. I agree with him more than them. Well, he just kept on shouting. Nobody messed with him. Buddy, they sure enough woke up and they sure enough got serious. But about that time, a lady with the voice of Miss Rebecca here toward the back said, Amen! <laughs> Glory to God, where'd that come from? That old deacon that yawned earlier in the day, he hollered, Amen! The next thing you know, it got like popcorn popping. People started saying, Amen! People started standing up and cheering. People started praising the name of the Lord. I tell you, it took an old black boy excited to get that crowd woke up. But whatever it takes, let it come. We need to get excited. We've got something to get excited about. If you'll take the stairs, you'll find the happiness, the very happiness of God. You know why some of you are so miserable? You've been breathing cobwebs too long. It's time to get on the stairs. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I come up in them churches where sometimes the preacher just had to quit preaching because they shouted him down. You don't have to worry about that in this generation. That's right. God give us some shouters. My parents were shouters. They're both in heaven. Sometimes I think I hear them now shouting me on. Somebody needs to teach this generation that there's joy in serving Jesus. We're so sad and pitiful. Brother, it's time we woke up, stood up, clapped our hands and praise the Lord for the goodness and mercy of God. Y'all are, some of y'all are really nervous because you know I ain't moved off point one yet. But look in verse number 24. Take the stairs. You'll find the happiness of God. 
take the stairs, verse 24, though we fall. I done lost somebody. You say, preacher, you're talking about stairs. Now you're talking about falling. Yep, that's what the Bible said. There's been a lot of people killed falling downstairs. There's been people broke their arms, broke their legs, broke their neck. Boy, falling downstairs is not a good thing. But don't leave me yet, okay? Let's read the rest of it. Though we fall. Whoop, hallelujah. Though we fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. You know what causes you to be injured falling downstairs, TJ? It's that utterly cast down. It's tumbling down those steps. I don't want to fall. But if I got to fall, let me fall on soft. If I got to fall, let me fall on flat. I don't want to fall on stairs. Don't leave me yet. Hear me out before you throw me out. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. You know what you'll find if you'll take the stairs? You'll find the hand of Almighty God. There's not a one of us here saved by God's grace that we have not stumbled, that we have not fallen. But the reason our testimony is still intact is because of that hand. The unseen almighty hand of God. There is an unseen hand to me. Oh, those times I've tripped. Those times I've stumbled. Those times I would have been destroyed. But I'm so thankful for that hand. You take God's staircase and you'll find His hand. Y'all excited about this staircase? Whoever knew you could have such a good time climbing stairs? Well, when I pastored, there was this little bitty girl. She was two years old at that time. And both her papas had died prematurely. And told me she don't have no papa. I'm her pastor, but out of the blue, she starts calling me papa. I told her parents that. I said, I didn't encourage that. They said, if she wants to call you Papa, that's fine with us. I said, it's fine with me. If I can be Papa to a two-year-old little girl, I'll be happy to be Papa. I get done preaching, Brother Joe, and greeting first-time visitors and things a pastor does on Sunday morning, and I'd feel them two little arms come around my leg. I'd look down, she'd look up and say, Papa, we're not kin, but it's just like I'm her real Papa. I said, honey, hang on, and Papa will be done in a little bit. You see, she wants to go to Papa's office. She's the only person in all my pastorate that ever wanted to go to the office with Papa. But she sure did. Because there was something in Papa's office that she loved better than Papa probably. It was called gummy bears. And it was in the top drawer. Well, let's not forget where Papa's office is. Papa's office is downstairs. 
And here we come, Brother Tommy, 17 stairs. And there's a little two-year-old girl. How many of you know this is dangerous? A toddler and 17 steps. But she won't make a step until she throws up her little hand and she catches Papa by the hand. Well, that's pretty good. But how many of you know that ain't good enough? See, her strength is going to run out too quick. And I'm going to tell you something, child of God. Your strength is going to run out too quick. She grabs Papa's hand, but then Papa puts the clench and grabs her by her hand. And brother, then we start down those steps. Papa's got her by the hand. We don't go two or three steps, and guess what happens? That sweet little girl, Bill, she falls. She falls. She falls. But she's okay, because Papa has got her by the hand. She's out here a-swinging. She's even thinking falling is fun because Papa has got me by the hand. I'd pull her back a few more steps. She just kept falling, but Papa just kept holding. Friend, tonight if you'll take the stairs, you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, but if God's got you by the hand, you're not going to the bottom and you're going to be kept safe. Finally, at last, we make it to the bottom and make it to the gummy bears. Child of God, we got some gummy bears for us. There's a great reward yonder in heaven. You just take the stairs, let God hold you in His mighty hand, and you'll never be sorry that you did. Point three, look in verse 25. You not only find the happiness of God, you find the hand of God. But look in verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old. What David is saying, I've made a life observation. I began watching God's people when I was just a shepherd boy. But now I'm an old man. And here's what I've come up with. Observing God's people. I've been young, now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. You know, if you'll take the stairs, you'll get God's hand. You'll get God's happiness. But guess what? You'll also get God's heart. Because God takes care of His children. Juanita and I may write a book one day. We've been encouraged to, to tell the funny stories and heart-touching stories of how God has took care of us all these years. Have no sad stories to bring you. All I have is stories where God came through. I serve a God that can come through and that can bless your life. You know, when Juanita and I were just newlyweds, there was a flaming preacher that came through our part of the country from Resaca, Georgia. I live near Winston-Salem in Walnut Cove, North Carolina. And he was holding extended revivals 
in our part of the country. His name's Sammy Allen. He's in heaven now. He's my top all-time preaching mentor. He taught me about separation from the world. He taught me about the Spirit-filled life. Oh, praise God for those that's already gone on. But he would hold those meetings and talk about his camp, Faith Baptist Camp, Resaca, Georgia. That was 400 miles from our home. I'd always tell one of I said, wouldn't it be something someday if we could go to that camp and hear that great preaching there? And she said, maybe someday we can. We were just newlyweds. Well, there's a dear saint of God already in heaven that didn't know we were dreaming about going to camp. They came up to us and said, Hey, I think y'all would benefit by going to this camp. I'm going to pay your way. I'm going to pay your gas, pay for your motel, your food. I want y'all to go. And boy, we ain't never had nothing like that happen to us. We're just newlyweds. We went home excited. Juanita said, now Don, you know we still got a problem. I said, what's the problem? Everything's paid for. She said, you know what the problem is. It's this old rickety Chevette that we're driving in. You know it won't make it 400 miles. I said, Juanita, you talk like a foolish woman. This is the Lord's work. And we'll make it in the old Chevette. You know, the Chevette, if you're not familiar with it, it's one of the plagues that came out of Egypt. Chevettes are balanced cars. They smoke out of the front and they smoke out of the back. Some of you won't say amen because I saw you pushing yours into the parking lot tonight. Well, I know what a Chevette is. Well, as we're preparing for this big trip, Brother Bill, I have a stick shift, straight gear, and I lost some teeth out of the flywheel. And if you understand that, that means when you hit the switch, the starter gears can't connect to nothing, and it goes zoom. Every blue moon it would catch, but most of the time it would not. But that's not a problem for a hillbilly. You just back it up on the hill. Say amen. I told Juanita, don't worry about that. When we get to Resaca, Georgia, We'll just back it up on the hill. See, I'd never been to Georgia. I didn't know there was no hills in Georgia. Hallelujah. I'm a Stokes County hillbilly. I just thought hills were everywhere. Well, we finally made it to Georgia, pulled in that little motel parking lot. The old Chevette made it. I looked at her and said, hey, the old Chevette made it. But I'm looking for a hill, and I don't see one. Before I can speak, she says, Don, there ain't no hill. I said, well, baby, this is the Lord's work. We're doing the Lord's work. It'll fire for us. Sometimes one out of a thousand times, sure enough, it would fire. Well, we got to our motel, changed clothes, heading to the car, Tommy, and I saw preachers getting in Cadillacs and Lincolns and... Man, but I'm happy as they are getting in my old Chevette. We got in that Chevette with our Bibles and our Sunday go-to-meeting clothes on. I said, watch this, baby. I couldn't wait to hit that switch. When I hit that switch, I got deflated. It went zoom. I thought, I don't even want to look over here. 
and see what she's going to say. I thought, here I am. What am I going to do? About that time, before my wife can speak, thank God, something hit us in the rear end. How much worse can it get? 400 miles from home, vehicle smoking out of both ends, teeth gone from the flywheel, and I can't find a hill to roll it off. And I looked up in the rearview mirror, and I saw what hit us. Juanita said, you better go. You better go back there and see what's going on. I said, Juanita, you don't understand. You need to look in the mirror. She said, I'm depressed enough. I said, no, baby. You need to look in the mirror. Because what had happened, there was this woman. She was about six foot five, came up out of the swimming pool. She had on a bikini bathing suit that didn't have enough material to wad a 410 shotgun. And I said, Juanita, you need to look in the mirror because that big old gal's got both hands on my hatch and there she is nigh naked behind my little Chevette. I said, Juanita, they didn't cover this in Bible college. I don't know what to do. And when she looked up in, my, in that mirror, Before she could speak, the big gal spoke. She said, hey, Rev. I said, Juanita, she's talking to us. Juanita says, she ain't talking to me. You're the Rev, not me. Boy, a woman can deflate a man just like that. I said, yes, ma'am, in a squeaky voice. She said, hey, Rev, I saw all them preachers getting them fine cars and leave the parking lot. And I could tell you were in a stick shift when I heard you back in. I didn't know you had problems. But what I want you to do, Rev, is this gal's telling me all this. She said, turn the switch on all the way. Put it in second and hold the clutch. She said, I'll push you across the parking lot. Well, can you imagine if that would have hit YouTube? Aren't you glad there was no YouTube back there? Here Don Anderson goes across the parking lot and a six-foot-five, nine-naked woman with her hands on the hatch is pushing us across the lot. She said, drop the clutch, Rev. I dropped the clutch. Puff of smoke came out of that old Chevette. It fired up. We waved at her. She waved at us. We never saw her again. But it's just another reminder. If it takes a nearly naked woman to supply your need, aren't you glad God can supply your need? However He so chooses. But we're so sanctimonious and high and mighty. We don't want to accept the provision of God. You say, I wouldn't have done that. Well, 400 miles from home, no teeth in your flywheel, vehicle smoking out of both ends, you would have done it too. Amen. Joe Lambert said in a heartbeat. I told that story in Virginia, and a pastor said he came home the next day, and he never saw his little boy playing with a Barbie doll. That's not a good signal. And he's watching his little boy playing with a Barbie doll. And he said, boy, what are you doing? And he didn't notice the little boy had a car 
and he had Barbie pushing that car across the floor. And he said, this is Don Anderson in that car. I'm glad, praise God, he can supply your every need. You'll get the heart of God. I want you to look in Song of Solomon tonight, and I'm going to try to wind it up. Y'all preach a man to death on Friday night. Song of Solomon 2, I just want to read you a little bit. If you've missed everything, please don't miss this. Song of Solomon chapter 2. This verse will look a little different now. O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. What's our sermon about tonight? Take the stairs. It didn't say the wide open invisible stairs. It said the secret places of the stairs. If you'll take the stairs God's ordered and architected for your life, you'll find His happiness. You'll find His hand. You'll find His heart. But guess what? You'll find the hidden things of God. You know, there's things you'll never see unless you take the stairs. I have a good friend who God blessed him. He's a builder and God blessed him to build this beautiful house. He invited me to come look at his new house because he, know, he knew I would rejoice. I wouldn't be jealous, I'd be joyous. And one key to God's blessings is don't be jealous of somebody else's blessing. Well, he showed me this beautiful house, Brother Bill, room after room, decoration, architecture, design. Man, it was overwhelming, the beautiful house that God gave our brother. We came by this, this door, and he ignored it. I assumed it was a broom closet or a pantry because he just moved on by. And when we finally made the circle around the house, tears were coming out of my eyes as I rejoiced with him about his beautiful house. I said, Brother, this is outstanding. He said, Oh, Brother Don, thank you. It is beautiful. But what about that door? I said, Well, I just thought it was a broom closet or something. He said, Oh, no. Go over there and open it. And when I opened that door, guess what I saw? A staircase. He said, go ahead, Brother Don. Take the stairs. We started up those stairs, and at the top, there's another door. All I see is stairs and a door. I got to that door. He said, Brother Don, go ahead and open it. And I opened that door, and guess what I saw? A whole level of design, detail, and more architecture that I didn't even realize was there. If you'll take the stairs God's ordered, you're going to find things you didn't even know was there. Some time ago a man asked me a good question. I don't mind a question, by the way. I just hate a smart aleck. But this guy had an honest question, Brother Tony. He said, Brother Don, he said, what do you think's the worst thing that could happen to me or you as a child of God? And I've just had been studying this. 
And I said, I tell you what I think the worst thing could happen to us, TJ. I think it's this. I think one day stand before God. God, open a door. Show you a set of stairs you never climbed. And show you at the top all you could have been, all you could have had, all you could have accomplished, but you chose not to take the stairs. I can't think of nothing worse for the child of God. I want to get to heaven, Brother Tommy, and hear him say, well done. I want to meet him at the top of the steps, having achieved, having accomplished everything that he had for my life. The steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. God's ordered you a special staircase just for you. It's just for you. He loves you that much. He wants to take you to higher levels for His glory. As we stand all over the building, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our pianist is going to help us a little bit. But I need some honest people here in the house tonight. How many in this building would say, Brother Don, by me raising my hand, I want to take the challenge tonight. I want to take the stairs that God has architected, that God has ordered for my life. Can I see your hand? I got mine up. I'm not ashamed of this stuff. Pastor, look at all those hands. Everybody else keep your head bowed. Pastor, look at all those hands. That's a beautiful sight to the man of God. And it's a beautiful sight to God. As our sister to play. We may have to do what we did last night. But any of you men, let me talk to you men first. Any of you men that really want to go all the way with God and take the stairs that God's ordered. I wonder would you men folks join me up on the platform in prayer. Let's, let's let the men come up here and pray. Pastor, look at all those men. Look at all those men. Oh, glory. Look at all those men. Now let's just find you a place up here. Ladies, if you'll hang on a little bit. How many of you ladies tonight would say, Preacher, I want to do the same thing. And I want you to come and kneel around these pews and kneel around this altar on the bottom level. That's right, ladies. We need some ladies, godly mamas, godly grandmas, godly teenage girls, godly young adult wives. My 